Live from this is the Just End the Suffering Podcast. For the win. Got it! Oh! He broke his head. Follow me. Follow me to freedom. Ready for this. Here's your host, Mike Phillips. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Just End the Suffering Podcast featuring New York sports off long suffering fan. I'm your host, Mike Phillips. I got a good show for you this week. We are going to talk some baseball this week. The baseball beat is here. We are about a third of the way into the season for most teams. Some are a little behind. We'll get to that today. Will Schneider and Anthony Sorbellini both here. We're going to talk about the latest in Major League Baseball today. Pop culture this week as well. I'm going to be joined by our pop culture correspondent, Sandra Rose. We're going to talk about some game shows, the Supermarket Sweep reboot, some fun stuff like that. We're going to have a draft about which game shows we think will be the most fun to play. That's coming up at the end of the podcast. But we'll get outside of this week's opening tip where we take a look at the world of college football. And right now, it's a world in crisis. That's coming up right after this. Ready for this? The opening tip. And here we go. All right, we are back here. Opening tip time. And right now, the focus for me is the sport that is really in an identity crisis situation here is college football. College football right now, in a normal year, when we're not doing the global pandemic, we'd be getting ready for the season. We'd have camps going on. We'd have opening day coming up in about, like, two weeks. All be well and good, but this is not a normal year. And right now, the college sports landscape is probably the most impacted by the coronavirus thing. We already talked about this back in March. The NCAA tournament got canceled. All the fall and winter championships got canceled. Now we're at the point where the bill, the time has come to get ready for college football, and... The bill of this country's complete ineptitude when dealing with the coronavirus is coming due. The Ivy League was first a couple of weeks back when they canceled college football and called fall sports until January. The Some of the other leagues are starting following suit. The MAC, the NAC, they, they canceled. Some of the smaller leagues have canceled fall sports, don't play football. And we had some big dominoes. The Big Ten canceling college football, pushing it back till the spring. The Pac-12 follows suit. The Big 12, this appears to be the swing right now. They are attempting to play on right now, but they have said things could change. The ACC seems to want to play. They are still on track right now, but I think if the Big 12 folds, the the A will go right with them. The SEC, the most gung-ho to want to play. And right now, they have their way. I think if the three power five stay together, along with a couple of smaller leagues at the Sun Belt, they'll, they'll play. The question is, there's still a long time here. We are still a ways away from the start of the season. The earliest date you can have a football game in here is the Big 12 non-conference game on September 12th. We're still about a month away from that. And a lot can happen in a month. And the Pac-12 made a very good point in their release when the commissioner basically said, the conditions in this country have not improved to the point where it's safe because there's too much virus in the community. You can talk all you want about the players want to play. We've heard politicians weigh in, especially in the South, say, let them play, let them play, let them play. The problem is there's a lot of issues here. There is a safety issue. 
the Big Ten obviously got very concerned when they said that there was obviously there were doctors found that ten of their athletes who had COVID developed myocarditis, the heart syndrome that's extremely rare. Eduardo Rodriguez and the Red Sox developed it after contracting COVID. You had 10 football players contract it. That's a problem. You have liability issues here because if these football players play, they get it, the university will be liable. And these are not pro athletes who are getting paid for their services. They understand, okay, we are willing to put our health on the line for a paycheck and we can do this that way. The college athlete's not getting paid. Now I get I get it. The college athletes, they get room and board, they get free lodging, they get some food, but nowhere near the level of competition a pro athlete does. The big thing with the college model here, the challenge is obviously the idea of amateurism. And there are some schools where the gov- local government won't let mass gatherings occur. California, there are areas where the California state system will not let colleges have in-person instruction. It's a bad look to have the football players on campus practicing getting ready for games while the general student population can't access campus, have to learn remotely. That's not a good look. The other interesting thing here to keep an eye on is that unlike March Madness, where the NCAA holds the hammer here, the NCAA is, makes its money off of March Madness. And when they cancel, it was a big deal. They can cancel their fall championships, as they probably will. D2 has, D3 has, D1 is trending that direction. D1 canceling fall championships, that means no soccer championships, no cross-country championships, no volleyball, a couple other smaller sports. They don't control college football. The college football playoff is independent of the NCAA. So if the NCAA decides to cancel fall championships, it makes it very hard if you're the Big 12, if you're the SEC, if you're the ACC, to sit there and say, we can play football when the NCAA says it's not safe for the regular athletes to hold our championships. You really have a hard sell doing that. Money's the big driver here. And to me, the question that you have to answer is this. If you are the SEC, if you're the Big 12, if you're the ACC. If the NCAA says it's not safe for our soccer players or our volleyball players or our cross-country runners to play. If the Big 12 and the Pac-12 decide, you know, we can't do fall sports. Why do you say it's safer? Why do you say we're okay, we can go on it, when you're in areas where the virus is far worse than what's going on in Big 10 country or in Pac-12 country? Florida is spiking like a crazy. We heard Florida State players recently say that they are concerned about the safety protocols and the commitment to it from the school. This is concerning. Athletes are concerned. We had some of the Pac-12 say we want more of a voice at the table, which the athletes do deserve when they're not represented by a union or an association of any kind. The point of the matter is this is a complicated situation for college sports, and it's a messy one. And for me, I just don't see any way that the football actually gets played in the fall. I think there's just too much of a liability risk here. I also think that you have the notion of the amateur athletes here, which the NCAA institutions are desperate to protect. And if you're an NCAA school, how does it look if, let's say, you're Notre Dame, for example. They opened their campus last week to students. What happens if in three weeks the students have to go home because it's not safe to be on campus anymore? What happens then? And you still have your football team on campus. That's not a good look. It also leads to the question of, hey, only your employees are on campus right now. Aren't your football players employees and why aren't you paying them? 
that's a rabbit hole the NCAA does not want to go down. The Power 5 schools don't want to go down. In the end, I think we end up where we're going to end up. I feel like the other three leagues are in denial, but I think we're going to end up, basically, we're all going to be playing in the spring, some form. Purdue coach Jeff Brom came up with a templated model to it. But I dig the idea of playing the fall of the pipe dream. And I think if you are doing it for anything other than the money, you can't justify it. And we've heard, like, Lou Hall say, oh, we sent men to war. They can play football. That's completely different things, Lou. Get off your rocker with that. These are college students who are not getting paid, and they are not choosing to serve their country in war. They're being asked to play football, which is not an essential activity in the middle of a pandemic. Paul Feinbaum, who is one of the biggest college football voices in this country, has said, the answer for football cannot be money because the players see none of it. None of it. And right now, the answer clearly is money because we've heard Nebraska talk about how they will lose 80 to $120 million if they don't play football. We've heard like horror tales about the money that could schools go away and the NCAA model could vanish as non-revenue sport get cut to make up for the loss of money in football. I think right now the easiest way to do this is push it back till the spring. At that point, two things should be in your favor. Number one, you should have rapid care, rapid testing developed. The NFL reportedly has a test and they're working on it. Supposedly it gets 97% accurate like rapidly. So like basically like spit in the cup, test it quickly, know if you're positive or negative to 97% accuracy. That kind of testing is available. That's a game changer because colleges are not the NFL. They are not major league baseball. They don't have the money to test the athletes as much as they need to be tested in order to keep them safe. If you have a cheap, rapid test where you can have everybody, like, as I said, just spit in the cup and see if it turns green, you're good. If it turns red, you're at the virus. you got to stay home. Doing that prevents prevents the spread because people are going to pick it up in the community. Even if they are monastic in their pros, they go from the class to the gym, to the weight room, to, to the practice field at home. They could pick it up along the way very easily. We've had people around this country say, you know what, we are basically isolating ourselves. We still get the virus. This, again, for the people who are complaining that there might not be college football, I've seen playing on Twitter, let them play. This is not right. They should play. You have no one to blame but this country's leadership for why you're here. This is not a media issue. And I'm sick of hearing the media doesn't want the players to play. The media doesn't want sports. The media wants sports because the media gets canceled if there's no sports to play. People lose their jobs if there's no games to cover. They simply want games to be held in a safe fashion. That's the media issue right now. The reason why you don't have college football potentially, you don't have it in the Big Ten, you don't have it in the Pac-12, you might not have it in the other three leagues, is because of the anemic response to the virus in this country and the names, as we said before in this podcast, President Trump, Governor DeSantis, a lot of the governors in the South, Governor Ducey, until recently, made Arizona a nightmare. When the virus is raging uncontrolled, you cannot expect to successfully play amateur sports. A lot of high schools are pushing back football. A lot of colleges are pushing back football. Until the virus is taken seriously by this country, don't be shocked you're missing out on things that you normally would get. No college football. No regular TV shows on the air on time. Stuff like that. No movie theaters. No ability to go to a bar. 
Until the virus is taken seriously and gotten under control as country, you're going to miss out on a lot of things. So instead of blaming the media or blaming like people saying, oh, you're too cautious with the virus, you need to let them live their lives, remember that. We should not have been in this position. We should not have had to choose whether or not it's safe to play football. We should be able to get the virus under control, and that comes from us as a country failing. This comes from us as a country saying, I did masks for six weeks. I'm good. I don't need to wear them again. I did social distancing. Now I can go see my friends and go have bar parties and go hang out on a beach with 50,000 people on Labor Day weekend. As long as that stuff's going on, you're not going to have football. The NFL's a different animal. The NFL can afford to test every day. College can't. And if you want to see things like that, wear a mask, socially distance, stay safe, and be smart, please. Enough of my complaining about the state of the brawl right now. But up next, we'll go to the baseball situation. We'll talk about the baseball beat. Will Schneider and Anthony Sorbellini right after this. All right, we are back here. The baseball beat is here. We're doing the third of the season tent poll here. This is normally something we're doing around Memorial Day, but it since this is 2020, we're doing it on August 11th. Now all teams are at 20 games, thanks to the Cardinals only playing five at this point, but we couldn't wait for them to get going again. So here we are doing baseball this week. First up, the unofficial coach of this podcast, the appearance leader of all time besides me, 29 appearances counting today, Will Schneider. And Will, welcome. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Didn't know it was up to that total. <laughs> yeah, I was asked to find the list. So you are 29. You are the, on the top of the leaderboard, my friend. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, next, also with us today, the other half of the baseball beat. He's creeping up there as well. Anthony Sorbellini and how are you? Doing well, Mike. Doing well. Yeah, I'm excited to talk some, talk some baseball. First of all, you guys surprised we actually are still here and then the season not fall apart. Uh, yeah, yeah, genuinely. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly. Honestly, I'm still kind of waiting for that, you know, sinking ship waiting to happen, but hopefully not. Hey, I mean, if we can go like 13 days at the Cardinals playing baseball, I think we'll make it. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Cardinals, right? Yeah, I mean, think about this so far. I mean, like, this has been a strange year. As, as of recording, I'm recording on t- on Thursday night, August 13th. At this point, I think the Mets have played 20 games. St. Louis has played five. The Marlins have played about, like, 11. Like, it's just all over the place. But, Will, give me your thoughts so far on this season. Uh, you know, I'm happy that we're watching baseball. Like, I, I love the fact that I can kind of have that appointment television. Uh, you know, it's it actually has gone a lot. It's so weird to say that, like, I say this, but it's gone a lot better than I thought it would go. Um, I really, like, today when they had the tracker of the Mets game, they had, like, the, the amount of games left. And I was like, God, 40 left. We've already gotten to 20. Like, I am generally surprised. I never thought we were going to get there. And uh, if it wasn't for, like, you know, the two hiccups that were just two boneheaded, you know, decisions. I think every, I've actually have to give them credit where like, yeah, they're stupid for letting the two. I, I think it was kind of dumb that there is even a, a, a situation where those two situations with the Marlins and Cardinals could happen. But otherwise I think it's actually gone really well. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, 
I have to agree with you on that. It's definitely been it's been interesting to say the least, but to be where we are right now, it's it's considering where we were months ago. It's kind of kind of crazy to look at. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when this thing started, we were all so wide-eyed. We hadn't had sports like, yay, it's here. And then three days in, we had the Marlins go down. We had the Phillies shut down because they played the Marlins. Then we had, like, teams making up games on the fly and the Cardinals. And then, like, it's hard to believe, but, like, it will take until from July 29th with the Cardinals. Actually, probably earlier. I'll say the last time we had all 30 teams playing baseball one day, I think, was July 26th. That's how long it's been. Yeah, it does. That does suck. But like, I just, I, I do think like, like the the Cardinals is like such an extreme situation. Like at least the Marlins, they got it. Like they can make that work. And listen, I'm not condoning what they did. It was, it was definitely a little bit negligent. The Cardinals one is just like I'm very close to just being like it's almost like you got to like how do we, I don't know that part does really make me upset. Uh just because it's like, come on, you know, like they played five games. There's just no way. Yeah, and talk about the Cardinals for a minute. That's sort of the hot story right now because it's not like they're finally going to get back into action on Saturday with a doubleheader in Chicago against the White Sox. They will have missed about 14 games. There's 44 days left the season and play 55 games. And I was watching the Fox pregame show tonight with Ken Rosenthal before the Brewers-Cubs game, and he was saying that the league and the union are working on fixing their whole schedule they want to try and get them as many games as possible. They're still an outside path to 60, but it sounds like maybe 55 is the number they're shooting for. And I don't know about you. I think that bothers me that, like, we might have to go to winning percentage on something like this if we can't get to a certain number of games. Oh, God. I hate that. Yeah, it's just kind of a slippery slope. But, I mean, the thing I keep looking at is, you know, Rob Manfred kept saying that, you know, teams have to do, like, all these proper protocols and everything. And I agree to an extent, too, but – if you're, you're the commissioner, you have to put these protocols in place. I mean, I literally look at it like look at it too, just because you know that I like with the NBA and everything. Like, there's a reason they haven't the NBA hasn't had you know a player test positive. I think just about a month, so you have to keep everything in mind and in check. But I think you know with these outbreaks, it's just a matter of time, and we we kind of saw it coming too. But I don't want to see, you know, win percentage. They'll, they'll have to try to get those games in somehow. You know, that's why they added the double headers and everything like that. So we'll just have to keep going. Yeah, well, I think as a Mets fan, this could impact us very directly because, like, let's say the Mets are actually be able to play through their schedule. They play 60 games. Like, how mad would you be if, like, if they missed the playoffs because the Cardinals only could play 55 and a better winning percentage? Oh, no. I, I was saying this to my friend before. Like, I just – I don't get that. I don't understand. Uh, I don't understand how that is like even. You know what I mean? Like, how is that okay? Like, yeah. that's so stupid. So, like, basically, I was saying, like, imagine like the Mets play all sixty, and and then they miss the playoffs, and the Cardinals get in with what fifty. I just, I, 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 that doesn't sit well with me. Like, I know you got to try to make it work, but come on, like, you know what I mean? Like, doesn't that kind of just seem like lazy? It really does, because like that's the thing that bothers me. It's like it's sort of you have to play a certain like number. I think for me, this guy, I think I got to fifty-five. I get with the math. It's like you maybe you change up with the double headers and you schedule more of them with the Cardinals. That way you can get them closer to like. I can't have it where like they they play fifty games. They went like let's say like twenty-seven and twenty-three, and they get in the playoffs and get rewarded for not following the rules and getting the coronavirus and basically shutting the league down for two weeks. 
Yeah, the Cardinals one that that one doesn't does it ticks me off a lot more than the Marlins one because that's a, a group of veterans, you know, like it, like at least for the Marlins. Like, I just I can't, I don't know. I, I'm not making an excuse for the Marlins, but yeah, that one, that one ticks me off. Yeah, I think it's a little ridiculous. Like, like what if the the they make the win the division over the Cubs because they had a better winning percentage percentage and they played, you know, 58 games. Like even that pisses me off because like what if you win by a game, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does, and we definitely we've seen now we got changing protocols coming in here. Now we got like obviously before being this thing was all sort of a free for all. We had the masks like like not being worn in the dugouts, people high fiving, spitting, doing whatever they wanted. But we have a bunch of new rules put in. I say last week, which was basically masks all time, except when you're playing on the field. No leaving the hotel on the road without express permission from, from the compliance officer. We'll get to that one because the Indians had had an issue with that. At home, the players have to avoid places like the malls, the lounges, the bars, places you can mass gather, expand the roster to 20 for the rest of the season, seven-inning doubleheaders. And I think these all sound good on paper. Yeah, they sound great on paper. It's just a matter of, you know, is everybody going to follow the rules? That's, that's as stupid as it is to say, but you have to see. That's why, you know, things are working so well. It's because, you know, you have to, you know, you put all these protocols in place. You have to have people follow them. And as long as people follow them, it should be good. Yeah, I think the issue is I I'll know if you guys remember this. But like, remember like back when you were like in kindergarten and the teacher would always say like, "Oh, if everybody is good and is quiet during nap time, you'll have a pizza party." And there's always that one kid who can't stay quiet, and then you can never get the pizza party. I just feels like that's kind of the way it is in baseball right now. Yeah, it's exactly how it is. It's it's the perfect analogy. Yeah, because they're. <laughs> Yeah, they're really like, okay, if you guys are all quiet during nap time, you can have, well, for five, for five straight days, you can have a pizza party. And then, like, that one kid starts, like, whining because he can't stay quiet for that long. And then you're like, oh, you ruined it for everybody else. Yeah, and not only that, too, I, I know I keep bringing up the NBA, but it's just we're seeing it in action and it's working. Yeah. It's not like it's just kind of a farce, like, oh, what if it does work? But no, the bubble's been going on for just about a month now, and it's working. It's working great, so I don't understand why. Just you get those couple of outliers who it's like, oh, we're gonna continue to do everything the same. No, there's a reason that these things are set in motion. And I just follow the rules. Just do everything. Yes, they're not ideal. Everybody, you know, everybody hates them to a degree, but this is this is the way of like the world right now. So suck it up. Yeah, it's, I do think Will look how the Indians are made because the Indians had an issue last weekend where. Apparently, Zach Plesac, Mike Clevenger snuck out of the hotel to go go see Plesac's friends in Chicago. They caught Plesac, and then they basically put him on the restricted list, and he's had to get tested. Clevenger lied to the team, said that he didn't go anywhere, got on the plane with them, and then he got suspended too. I don't know about you, but like if I'm an Indians player, when I know like my manager has had cancer in the past, Carlos Carrasco had cancer like they two, last year, came back from it. I'd be pissed off at those guys. Yeah, uh, and who was the pitcher who came out for the Indians and kind of said that? Uh, was it Aaron Savale or whatever his Adam, name is? It's or... Adam Plucko, the guy who replaced Clevenger. Oh, Plucko, yes, yeah, Plucko. He, um, yeah, and you know he's right. He's right. Like, I, I think if I'm Carl Carrasco, I, I, I would be pissed because like he was like that rallying cry last year. You know, like mm-hmm. battled through it, and then the fact that like these guys are kind of like. Um, like you had mentioned before, um, police hack was kind of walking it back. Like it's not that big of a deal. It was overblown. Like, no, like guys, like, like, like 
uh, Sorbs was saying before. This is not like this stuff isn't isn't fake. This is real life, you know. Like uh, it's just it's just kind of a that's just disconcerting. Like like you gotta understand. It's it, listen. If you're not worried about yourself getting it, at least understand that you can transfer it to people, and you should at least take others into consideration. And that's just not what you're doing. It's like you said, a manager who's got the underlying health conditions and a pitcher who freaking it was last year, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cancer last year, and Zach Plesak to, earlier today put out an Instagram recording basically going on a six-minute rant about how, like, this is what happened. Like, I went out with friends. Like, I know I broke the rules, but I followed CDC guidelines. I didn't social. I, I socially distanced. I didn't – I wore a mask. I didn't get within, like, six feet of them. It don't matter. You still broke the rules. We've had people like Von Miller in the NFL, Anthony. He basically said, like, I stayed in my house. I got Uber Eats. And I had groceries delivered. I still got the virus. Like – the fact that he's sitting there saying, oh, the media is making you look like a bad guy. I hate to break it to you. You are a bad guy right now. And the thing is, it's literally the simplest concept to follow. But yet, still people can't. Like, it sucks. Don't get me wrong. Like, I don't think anybody is, like, looking forward to, like, this, this is going to be the new norm for the time being. But that, that is how it is for the time being. But it's what we got to do to, you know, at least make life somewhat normal so we're not just all cooped up inside again for another four or five months. Yeah, grab a PlayStation, get a Netflix account, and suck it up like everybody else. You know, <laughs> like, it's what kills me. It's just, geez, man. Like you said, the bubble works, and these guys are in the bubble with each other with just, you know, PlayStations. All the NBA guys are rolling with their monitors and stuff. Like, people are mm-hmm. screaming. Like, guys, it's just, I, I, I really... It is crazy to me that like all of this happened with the Marlins and then with the Cardinals and then with Police Sack and Clever Drake, these guys thought okay, well it's cool if I wear a mask and socially distance. Like like Phillips alluded to Von Miller. He didn't leave his house. Yeah. <laughs> and he got it. Like, come on. <laughs> this is not that difficult a concept, so I don't understand. Like we saw like the <laughs> Like, we heard the rumors that the Marlins went out to bars in Atlanta. It turned out that was not true, allegedly. That apparently some guy went for a coffee. He got it. And they all ran to the dugout. They got it. And then the Cardinals, we never really verified they actually went to the casino or not. And I'm like, this is not a hard sacrifice. This is a two-month season. You guys are getting paid a lot of money. Like, how hard is it to, you know, like, go to work, go to the hotel, go back? It's And you could have Uber Eats delivered. It's not like you need to go out. Well, it also, like, that's a keep going on the subject too much longer, but, like, the NFL, like, I know the Cowboys, I think Prescott had said, like, I think 90% of the Dallas Cowboys football team is, like, basically quarantining in a hotel. Yeah. You know? So, like, like okay, I had little faith in the NFL, right? Like, we kind of never, you never, like, the NFL kind of always seems to be the one that's the outlier. Like, yeah. they kind of get away with it, but they never mm-hmm. really do it the right way sometimes. I mean, that says a lot to me that, okay, these guys understand I want to play football. I want to play my sport. I have to do this. That's 50 freaking people, even more because it's training camp right now. Like 90 people. It's, it's, it's just yeah. baffling to me, you know, that like these guys, like, like, like you're, it's the same situation. You're traveling, you're doing it all. Like when the season starts, like, I don't know. It just, it, the new protocols, it's so sad that they had to be, enforced the way they did before people took it seriously that that's kind of like the the thing that really upsets you you know you gotta hope that human humanity has you, know, you want to have a little bit more faith in humanity 
Yeah, well, I mean, the, that's the risk you run when you're not in the bubble where you can't control who comes in and out. We saw this in the NFL yeah. uh, recording where there's an undrafted rookie on the Seahawks who got himself cut <laughs> because, because he decided that he was going to try and sneak a lady friend into the hotel with him by dressing her in Seahawks <laughs> for gear, thinking that he could fool the cameras, thinking she's a player. I'm like, how dumb she, can she you be? She might look like a linebacker. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she might look like... Oh, yeah. I mean... Yeah, I, uh... The dude only At got least, a two you know, gr- two grand signing bonus. Like you gotta be smarter than that, buddy. No, yeah, it is. It's just this is it's really what it comes down to. But I mean, other than like honestly, I'll be completely honest. Like with that stuff, I, I you see it because like you follow guys that cover it on Twitter and stuff. But I really just is it's kind of crazy. Like at one point, you're basically just thinking, okay, like you don't know if you're gonna play tomorrow. So like with the Mets, for example, it's like did the Mets win tonight? Okay, well, we'll see what happens tomorrow. You know, yep. a little bit it was like that, but now I do. Yeah, feel, yeah. I do feel better with um the protocols and such. And like, I don't like for the Mets example. Like, the Mets have been taking it really, really seriously. Apparently, and it's just it's organizational, right? It kind of says a lot about your organization. And and um, I'm happy to be a Mets fan for that for uh, for, for right now with the way that they've been handling it. Yeah, the thing that concerns me though, as the season goes on, is like. What happens with the teams who are like out of it? At what point do you are you sitting there like if you're on like the friggin' Pirates, for example, and you're like in September and you're like ten and twenty seven, you're like, oh, I got another three weeks of this. Like, how easy for them to just blow the protocol? Oh, I hope not. <laughs> that is a good point, though. <laughs> yeah, there's there's got to be, I guess, you know, new protocols put in place or just something somewhere. I don't, I don't even know what you would do in that circumstance. It's it's tough at that point because you got to keep the guys motivated to actually just finish it out. And what's the other thing that's another concern with the season is not for the protocols. It's like I don't know about you, but it just feels like there's so many injuries. Yeah, I mean, just look at it. You know, you basically had what two weeks of summer training, three weeks maybe, if that. Yeah, yeah, three weeks if you're lucky, and then it's just. You know, guys can say that guys will stay in shape all throughout the season, but being in shape and being in baseball shape is complete are two completely different things. Just the pitchers. Yeah, I mean the pitchers they're not used to because they're going to go out there to do whatever they can now because you know they're limited. They're used to about thirty starts, and now they're going to get what twelve, fifteen if they're lucky. So they're going to go out, you know, balls to the wall, do what they could do. And it's just literally just guys just didn't have that, that you know, that full month to prepare. I think the other thing that hurts, yeah. too, is like, honestly, Will, I think it's like just the way the schedule is so condensed. Because, like, you remember in early April and, like, March, April, it's always like you always have, like, a day off a week and then teams can slowly build into it. But, like, we had the Braves play, I think, like, 23 straight games before they had an off day. And like, the Mets played 13 before they had an off day. Like, these guys were just basically being asked to go from, like, 0 to 130 in a span of, like, two weeks. And that's not going to work very well. Uh, yeah, that's honestly why I thought it was so stupid that they even just – I thought they should have just kept the rosters at 30 the whole year. Yeah. I, I don't know why – why did you have to shrink them? I, I just feel like I, I, I that part I never understood. Like, I didn't get that. You need every – fresh, able body you can get. I mean, like, basically, it seems like what the Mets are doing, like, right now. Like, okay, Andres Jimenez is hitting well, and he's playing really – he's picking it at short. Okay, well, let's try to get our other shortstop off his seat for a week, you know, and say it's a stomach bug. Like, you know what I mean? Like, doesn't, it kind of feels like – like the other day mm-hmm. where the Yankees pulled Judge out of the game, and I, I think 
uh, what was it? The Braves game. They were pretty much beating them pretty pretty handedly, and then it got a little close at the end. Like, and and Boone takes him off the field to get him off his feet for a little bit. Like to me, it's like okay, that game did end up getting close, and you're just like compromising. I think Keith Hernandez kind of alluded to it today in the broadcast. Uh, he was saying, you know, the, the standard of play is kind of low because you have a lot of guys that are either, you know, they shouldn't be here because you're trying to finagle too much, right? Or mm-hmm. like guys are just getting hurt, so they're forced to doing it. It's like the lesser, lesser of two evils, you know? Yeah, like I said before, it's such a slippery slope with just everything this entire season between, you know, guys electing not to play. I mean, you just saw that that's what it is. It's just how Stop showing up. Might <laughs> be a blessing guys. <laughs> and, you know, just everything. I mean, I'm looking at the Yankees again. You know, they just had to call up Clint Frazier again just because Stanton was out, was down again. And it's literally just these guys are just constantly just dropping constantly. Just they're not fully in baseball shape. And that's just the way everything is. Yeah, the thing that also bothers me this year, and this is, I think, a problem with the COVID outbreaks, and this is something that the league and the union were very stupid about. Why did we have to have the 40-man roster rules in place for this weird season? That honestly should have been like, okay, 40-man stuff doesn't matter this year. Like, if you're in the player pool, you can be added and not risk a team having to wave you and get you through the system again. I think it should have been like, okay, this year, here it is. Like, service time will figure out after next season. But, like, if you were in the pool, we can just bring you up and bring you down without question. Now we have teams at the Cardinals saying, like, Wait, can I afford to make pickups because I have to expose players off the 40 when guys come back? Like, that's not really a smart way to do this. Yeah, that's a good point. Honestly, I didn't, because I, I didn't think about it because it was the Marlins who were doing it before. But yeah, I know the Mets did it with, uh, who is the pitcher? Bachelor? Tyler Bachelor. They, had, uh, they, yeah. and they had to trade him because they had to get, get him off the roster. Yeah, it's a. Uh, yeah, this is a lot of the roster stuff. I, I didn't. I, I agree. I, don't, I didn't really understand that uh, that part to a degree. I thought it was like a little, a little like too too basic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it is. It is kind of basic. And the one thing that's not basic, I'll say, is the Mets season. And Will, you and I are going to test this. I feel like they've given you like basically the ups and downs of a full Mets season. This man about twenty games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think you kind of we've kind of seen it a little bit with the last this last series, uh, specifically last night and today. Like that's what the team, the lineup should do. They're kind of a team that's going to out try to out pitch you and out hit you. Everything else is uh, throwing a dart against the wall, kind of. You know, they're not really built strong defensively. They're not really going to run well on the bases. Although now that might be different, but yeah, hey, you know, they pretty much put it all in there. They've got you know key players. You know, Walker's been down, get injured. Like, yeah, they've 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 had you want to rip your hair out. Uh, Several <laughs> times with runners in scoring position, but um, I do like 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 it's so weird. Like during the game, I get like annoyed or pumped up, but it's so weird. Once the game is off or I'm not watching it, my I just like I'm totally not even tuned in. You know what I mean? Like usually. Mm-hmm. The Mets, if they're if this is a regular season, I mean, I would carry that the whole next day. Now it's just kind of weird. Like I think I'm just like so happy to at least watch it that it's like whatever. They pissed me off last night. I don't care. The Mets can literally lose every game. I'm just trying to watch. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. yeah. This this whole season's just a crazy just whirlwind. It's it's to the point to where like I'm like not really caring 
what teams are doing. It's just I'm just happy to watch. Yeah, everything's kind of a plus to me. Like if it, there's not really there's nothing really bad. Like 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 I mean, Phillips knows during the Mets game, he and our other friend. I mean, it's like God, I'm you know, everybody get him out of get off the team or blah blah blah. But like <laughs> like when I'm watching everything else though, like it's just like whatever. Oh, Padres. Dodgers are on. Let me watch that. I want to watch the teeth. You know, it's just kind of like one of those things where you're like, you know what? I kind of took it for granted when it was here, like the normal. And now I'm just trying to get everything I can. I'm just trying to enjoy it. Like I'm genuinely just trying to enjoy it as much as I can. Whereas before it was, it was like, oh my God, I'm pissed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the thing that's interesting with the Mets in terms of on the baseball field, because like as frustrating as they've been, where they've had games they've blown, that games they don't get big hits, is like, you sit here at the standings today. They're 9-11. There's 18 to make the playoffs, so you feel good about their chances. They can just stay healthy and get on and get on a roll here. Plus, the division is not that good. Atlanta's lost five starting pitchers. They don't have Acuna and Albies right now. The Nationals, we've seen them. Their, their lineup is not deep at all behind beyond Onso and Trey Turner. The Phillies have the worst bullpen in baseball, and the, and the COVID Marlins are going to be coming back to earth now. They had to start playing with replacements for longer, so... The, I still uh, yeah, the NL- I'm still staying by my pick of the Mets winning the division. I'm still staying by that one. No, I mean, yeah, you should. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like it, it's not really who's going to win it. It's like who's just going to, you know, be there. It, it, I don't think there's particularly a, like, good baseball team in the National League East, you know? They're all like, about the same. It's not, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I do feel good about it because, like, I think when you kind of look all around the Mets, still have it on paper like they have the the upper hand um but yeah it's just actually it's like my, my cousin's an orioles fan and they just went down and i pretty i did they sweep they did philly sweep. Or they, they did yeah and he's like uh we swept the mar or we swept the phillies this is huge and i'm like man did you watch that series like they're not that good <laughs> you know what i mean like like who would have thought here we are in August of twenty, uh, what twenty twenty, and we would have, and, and I'm telling you, the Baltimore Orioles are better than the Phillies. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that just sums up the National League East. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and you see the National League East a little bit when the Yankees have played there. Some of these teams, how how's your take on it so far? Honestly, I was a little bit shocked in the Braves. You know, I know they they lost one of their key pitchers. But I was a little shocked that the Braves kind of really didn't put up that much of a fight. Really, anything kind of just I don't I don't know if that's just that says like more so about the Yankees or if that's more so what the Braves are. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird with it's, them because I feel like you said you're not really seeing like the Braves are like like they're not a bad like when I watch like the the Mets and like the Phillies more of the Phillies like like that's like a bad baseball team like the Mets kind of resemble at times a bad baseball team right. Like, the Braves are playing like a bad baseball team, but they're not. Like, you had Acuna who didn't hit a lick for, like, a month. Yeah. Um, then he gets hurt. Albies got hurt. I mean, it's such a shame. Like, truthfully, I'm not even, like, kidding. Like, when Phillips, you know, we were watching, we were texting back and forth in the game when Soroka goes down. I mean, that is just gutting. You never want to see that happen. Well, um, but they, they, are just, they have just been slammed with injuries, slammed with them. And, and uh, I mean, I think if that team's fully healthy, I actually honestly do think they are running away with it right now. The Braves are down but a ton not, of starting. Yeah. The Braves are down a ton of starting pitchers, too, because yeah. you said Soroka. Yeah. Cole Hamels has never been healthy. He, he's not going to come back till September. Felix Hernandez opted out. Like, Mike fulton they lost the strike zone, got DFA'd, and got sent back to the alternate site. Like, they're down four of their top, like, five starters. And only Max Free made it. 
Yeah, and he's he's been a uh, he's actually been pleasantly surprising. Like I know he pitched well last year, but yeah, man, Soroka's your horse. Yeah, that kid is like I, I mean that guy was gonna take off. Twenty two years old, twenty three years old. But yeah, I mean it's just like it's tough. That that that's tough. And and then they didn't have Darno and Flowers for the first you know uh, week or so. So I think uh, the method, you know, it's weird to say the word lucky. But you know they're they're definitely benefiting, I guess, from that um, because yeah, the Braves they are they have been one of those teams where like I'm sure like you said you probably watched them play in the Yankees. You're like God, it looks like the Braves, like the Braves that won a billion games in the division last year. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm watching the I was watching the game the other night. I think it might have been the middle game of the series, and I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. It wasn't even competitive at all. It was yeah, yeah. like I was just watching a minor league team. Yeah, like like all of a sudden, uh, Yohan Gamargo, they they was like you know a big, big uh big part of their lineup, which is I'm sure not how they not how they drew that up in the off. <laughs> oh, not at all. <laughs> no, it's not. And the other thing that helps the Mets' favor here is that like I pointed this out a couple of times to you will off the air in our group chat, Martino Puccio, a friend of the podcast, is like. That the fact that they're just on schedule and they're playing these games, they're actually able to have rests. These other teams in the National League East, especially the Phillies, the Marlins, the Nationals, like they have to make up so many gains from all those COVID COVID postponements. I mean, I got the and I don't got your pencil out, but I do have like the list of all the changes here. I mean, the Phillies and Blue Jays have to make up a whole series. They have Phillies and Blue Jays they have a doubleheader in Buffalo on August twentieth and on September eighteenth in Philly. The the Phillies have a game against the extra game against the Red Sox in there. The Phillies and Marlins, the fun ones, they have a seven game series over five days and involves two double headers. And then, All the, right. yeah, the Mets play the Phillies right after that. Like the, Mar- the Nationals and the Marlins have to make have three double headers, one in August, two in September. It's like, it's just absurd because there's so many like makeups here. And the Mets, just by virtue of playing the schedule, not having to skip all these days, could have helped them out big time down the stretch. Yeah, I never thought of that. I never looked at it that much, to be honest. I didn't even I, I had seen the schedule, but uh, yeah, that that would definitely. I mean, that would definitely have to benefit them, especially because like those double headers are just like God. They look like they're gonna suck. Like I, I know the Yanks had one in Tampa. Yeah. Right this past weekend. Yeah. The like, Yanks, yeah. The Yankees. Yankees have a couple actually. Yeah, cause they have one against the they're Phillies. Seven innings, man. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they did. I mean, dude, those games get early quick. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're in the fourth inning, and you're like, oh, crap, I got to get this early. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? Uh, man, I do. Like, I'm not segueing away, but I I hope that that doesn't stick around. I know some people have suggested it, but, man, oh, I get it for now, but do not keep that around. Nope, I hate the doubleheaders. Yeah, I think, I think, by the way, like, the extra inning rule needs to go after this year, too. It's just such garbage. Oh, God. I, oh, my God. Talk about it. Talk about a, uh, uh, you know, a situation where I was livid. That what was it? A second game against the Braves. Yeah. I mean, what are we? Uh, I just don't get it. I don't understand. There's all of the upper hand is to the away team because they get that run first. I, I listen. I could go on for hours about that. I won't. But yeah, just get rid of that too. I mean, blow it <laughs> off the face of the earth. It's the dumbest idea ever. It is so dumb. This is like honestly, it's the equivalent of like the. Sh- it's like basically the MLB version of the shootout in hockey, but the difference is, is like the away team basically gets to have the go- told tie your home team's goalie's hand behind his back when he makes then he takes the shot. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like, oh, like I just I don't get that. I just don't get that. I don't get why the away team like get it, it gets that. For, I don't know. It's just dumb. It is. It's like okay, the away team 
scores. Now you go, I don't know. I, I hate it. I really hate it. I, that game against the Braves, I was like, well, this sucks. Yeah, I saw <laughs> I saw him like, this is like so stupid. I'm like, if you're the away team, all you have to do is like put a couple of runs on the board. You make it impossible for the other team to come back. Well, that's what happened that game. Yeah, yeah, it blew it open. It was like, forget it. This is done. Like, whatever. And no offense to the great Jason Stark, because I have all the possibility for the strategy. It's like, every strategy time I've seen this, the away team always says, we're playing for multiple runs. We don't try and get the run over. Like, we're not going to do any bunting. Like, oh, no. It's, all, it's always the I've game. I've seen it once. Yeah. I only saw it once. The Orioles did it in a game um, earlier this year, but, like, it didn't even work. The, they they ended up winning the game to just straight up slugging it out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's switch over to the Yankees for a minute. Anyway, the Yankees have they're right they're right where we thought they'd be. They're in first place in the American East. They had a rough weekend in Tampa, but they responded nicely with a sweep of, sweep of the Braves. Anthony, your thoughts on the Yankees so far? You know, so far so good. Uh, a healthy judge is a fun judge to watch. Um, you know, biggest thing that you know a lot of a lot of Yankee fans and myself included is you know staying hurt again. At what point do kind of start stepping away from that. You know, he hasn't had a full-ish season since joining the team. I know, granted, this this season is, you know, a very abnormal season, but, you know, he's going to be out. I think it came back at, at three weeks, which at this point is, like, <laughs> almost half the season. But Yankees are in a, are in a pretty good spot. Still some, some pitching, kind of, you know, Paxton. Paxton's looking decent. Not as oh. Well, I think of Um But Cole's been looking amazing. Uh, Tanaka, even after his start, it was either yesterday or the day before. I can't really remember. But Tanaka did pretty well, you know, coming back from his mild concussion and everything. So hopefully everything is on the up and up. I think the thing that's um, interesting with these teams right now is that, like, it's kind of like the Yankees and the Mets are a flip-flop. Like, last year, the Mets had amazing starting, and their bullpen stunk, and it was the other way around for the Yankees. Now it's flipped, but the Yankee bullpen is questionable, and their starters are really good, and the Mets' bullpen's amazing, and their starters beyond Jake stink. Yeah, no, you're definitely right. Like, and it's kind of weird, right? Like, uh, um, I'm, I was watching, uh, when I was watching the Yankees start, like, I just, the Paxton thing worries me, because I think he's terrible. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I I just think when his velo dips the way he did, it's definitely concerning. And 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 yeah, Ashley's got to be concerned with that. It's just because I just he dipped from like the guy who came over is like a guy who would touch a hundred. I mean, he's not doing that now. And uh, but I think you kind of get away with it because like Montgomery's tossed the ball well. Um, Johnny Lewisaga is like a good little like setup guy when you need him. It's just you know the Yankees always seem to figure it out, right? Like like <laughs> they have the benefit of so many great players. But the one guy who actually the two guys who really concern me with them, I mean Sanchez, what the hell? Yeah. And Claver Torres, like dude, I don't know if he's trying to like do too much, but he's been terrible at shortstop, and he's really been like chasing a ton at the plate. Yeah, I, I mean. Sanchez, I really think I don't want to say it's this season because this season's so crazy with sixty games and all, but I think next season if he performs like he's been doing the past couple yeah. two seasons, I think they're gonna start looking looking elsewhere. And and Glaber, I, I think, you know, you kinda of hark on it a little bit well. I think Glaber's just trying to do too much. I think he's, you know, getting away from what he was and just trying to do way I mean, too much as well, instead of staying true. 
chasing a chasing a lot. And uh, I do think though, I I do not think he's. Uh, uh, I don't want to sound like a Yankee basher. <laughs> I really don't. I just realize they probably sound like that. I don't. I really I'm not like that. But uh, I just don't think he's the future like shortstop. I don't think he plays the position well enough. I think he's kind of like taking his hitting into the field and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like we saw Rosario last year, where like literally the guy was booting anything that was, you know, 40 feet near him. Um, but I think uh, I, I would be interested to see if like Cashman elects to like, I mean, I, what are you going to do with DJs there? Michelle is so good at third, but I don't know. I, I, just, I don't like Claybert short for some reason. You know, I, I feel like it's not a coincidence that like, once he is primarily like DD is out of the door, he is the shortstop that he has started to hit a little less, you know, like substantially less. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of I prefer Glaber as as a as a second baseman above all. Yes, yeah. I prefer yeah. him as second. I don't know because I I was you know the biggest opponent to keep DD at least for another year or two before he he's doing well in Philly. Yeah, before you know, you can at least try to play. I think I thought Didi, you know, earned his earned his place, earned his spot on that team. Well, you know, great, great, uh, great defender. Yes, his hitting could be spotty at times, but he's a lefty in Yankee Stadium, so he's gonna he's gonna contribute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the thing with the Glaber is like I think he'll be fine, especially once you get him back against the Orioles and he'll start just crushing their pitching. That's true. That could get him right. Hey, no, this is a different. This is the different Orioles. This is a swing and O's, baby. Five straight wins. Yeah, but they can't beat the Yankees. They still can't. <laughs> yeah, no, I. Uh, what a bizarre season that is. The Marlins and Orioles play. I think that's they like, got nothing to lose. We're bizarre war with them. I mean, we had the. I mean, I'm looking at bizarre stats and like at like at this point, the Phillies bullpen ERA is over ten, which is just ridiculous. Oh yeah, my uh, again going back to my cousin is. When the the O's were losing the other night or something, I think they were losing, and, and Naris came in, yeah, and he, or Naris, and he's like, "Man, the closers in." I'm like, "Okay, and like you're fine, <laughs> you're <Yeah>. gonna win." <laughs> yeah. yeah, that team is such a mess. The Mets get them this weekend, so that is the Mets have like hear what they've been doing the last couple of days and get the starters out early. Who boy? Oh man, well, <laughs> I I do. I, I'm usually not like this when guys leave. But I hope they bash Wheeler around the yard. I really do. You know they won't. I, not because I, I know they won't. Actually, I mean, listen, this is the same franchise that went into Pittsburgh after they traded John Neese, and he looked like he was Sandy Koufax the first game he pitched <laughs> against him. But uh, I just ugh, Wheeler the way he kind of like laughs and like some of the didn't his brother come out and like say something about the Mets like that stuff just like okay like dude you got your money you got paid you're paid way more than you should be get out of here. I just want to see them knock him around. I really do. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about some of the surprises real quick. I think for me, obviously, I think you said it, the biggest surprise to me in baseball right now is the fact that the Orioles, who I took confidently as an under this year, I said there's no way this team's going to win more than 20 games. They're already like they're already well on their way towards a potential playoff spot because the a- because the AL's been very mediocre. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how many how many games like you've watched. If it, if you guys have watched any outside of like when they play the Yankees and stuff, but, like I tend to to kind of flip it on MLB.tv because like my family who I've mentioned a hundred times already are Orioles fans. But I've like watched them. I mean, they're actually like I'm not even kidding. Like they are a good baseball team. Like there are there are some resemblances of a good baseball team there. Like last night, Rio Ruiz is like the dude. Like makes this 
wild play at third. I mean, just completely saved the game. Like, their hitting is amazing. They, they, they got this guy, uh, Hanser Alberto, yep. who basically I, I'm convinced is just the right hand, the right handed version of Jeff McNeil. Everything yeah. around the plate, he's going to hit it. Like, they're actually, I'm not even like, they are a fun baseball team to watch because you're like, Renato Nunez, like, who are these guys? But they, like, <laughs> they're good. Like, yeah. I, uh, Pedro Severino, who is, who is like striking out every at bat when he was a backup for the Nationals is also like yeah. the best hitting catcher on the planet. Like, there's so many just like, what the hell? Yeah. Shout out to Anthony <laughs> Santander, too, who's doing great on my fantasy baseball team. Oh, my God, dude. So, like, that guy's got like, 16 RBIs or something. I mean, it's amazing. And the Mets fans love the Orioles because they beat up on the Phillies and the Nationals the last two, like five games. I love it. And they've been beating good. Like, they've been wearing good. Like, today yeah. they did it. Like, Arietta, they just jumped on him one inning. They got to leave. I, I, I don't, uh, their manager, what's his name? Hyde. Like, yeah. I, I, maybe, I always thought that that guy was a placeholder just to, like, kind of be like the positive face, like the the Astros would always dangle like a new manager to be the yeah. positive face while there's crap on the field. Like, I'm telling you, like, the Orioles can completely fall off, but, like, there are signs of, like, very good be- – like, not very, really a good baseball team. Like, some of those guys will probably trade for prospects or whatever, or, like, just whatever. But, like, there's a few guys that you watch where you're like, all right, like, like maybe they got – you know, maybe they have something here. <laughs> not Chris Davis. I mean, he's still playing there. He still looks like he has for the past three years. <laughs> Anthony, who's your biggest surprise so far? Biggest surprise so far. Hmm. I'm going to stick with the Braves just because, you know, watching them, just seeing how they've gone. I mean, they were my pick, you know, to win the division and, you know, possibly make a deep playoff run. But they, they are surprising me just how just – I mean, yes, they've had, you know, bad luck and everything with the injuries and all that. But still, they're just – this is not the team that we saw last year at all. Yeah, I would say that. I definitely agree with the Braves. I also think the Cubbies. I did not think the Cubs. They they played a lot better than I thought they would. I mean, I thought they were going to be really bad, but they've kind of held their own. I mean, John Lester looks good and stuff, but uh, yeah, I think the big my biggest surprise is definitely the Orioles. Two more I'm going to mention up top of my head. Our friend Alan Austin, his Tigers are 9-7. and seven. They're in second place in the American League Central as of recording, which is a lot yep. of fun. And the Spencer Col- Turnbull, Star Young. On my fantasy team as well, Spencer <laughs> Turnbull. And the Colorado Rockies did absolutely nothing in the offseason. They're leading the NOS at 12-6. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, how about Charlie Blackley? They're about 500 this year. <laughs> I think the, oh man! The craziest thing about this season, I mean, you you look at this today, like if the season ended today, and obviously it would be a weird season with only like this many games, but like Miami's in the playoffs, uh, the, the Rockies are in the playoffs, the Padres are in the playoffs, the Orioles and the Tigers are in the playoffs in the American League. Well, I don't think the Astros make it in the American League. That's how crazy it is. And like the Giants, just sticking to the division, the Giants have kind of not, I mean, they're not like good, but they actually haven't been terrible either. That whole division, I thought it was supposed to be the Dodgers and nothing else. <laughs> that whole division's actually kind of been pleasantly surprised in the NLS. There are only two teams, I think, in the, all of baseball, you can say right now, they're confident they're not going to the playoffs. The Pittsburgh Pirates and the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> oh, God, the Red Sox are bad. I think tonight, Kevin Pulecki, a pitcher, was pitching to a shortstop as catcher. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I think that's what happened. I I don't know what happened. I think it was prior a, they, to that. I think they were getting blown out. I think he was a mop up guy. 
but they put the guy. I like didn't. If I read it wrong, I'm pretty sure they had that guy Lynn playing catcher. <laughs> he plays middle infield. Like, am I missing something? Like, if that's what actually happened, like, holy hell, what is going on up there? <laughs> yeah, I, a little league I, ball. I looked it up here. Red Sox catcher Kevin Pilecki was pitching the second base, and Zhu Wei Lin, who was catching, <laughs> while Christian Vasquez was playing second base. But why? Like, what is why? Did they lose a bet? Like, I don't even understand how that happened. Like, like what? I'm not. Why? <laughs> why is that happening? Is Lin like, let me get the catching in? Like, I don't know. Like, what the hell? Like, they were down 17 8 at that point. So, like, I think they were just like, okay, well, let's have some fun this game because we're, we have no shot. So. <laughs> I mean, I, all right. Wow. Okay. I yeah. mean, gosh, the guy got his head blown off. <laughs> Did he play catcher? No. <laughs> okay. I, I, I guess he's the emergency catcher. They figure I'll get him some reps. <laughs> hey, well, right? Yeah. I tell you, that, that's, that's something. That's really something, man. <laughs> that, that's, that team is horrendous. They have no pitching whatsoever. But don't worry. The Mets made him look really good for that two games at City Field. <laughs> and Christian Vasquez <laughs> looked like Carlton Fisk. Yeah, they yeah they lost to Evaldi and Martin Perez, and the Red Sox threw scrubs, and the Mets counted the scrubs. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but this is interesting because now we are looking at the expanded playoffs this year. We do have eight teams going in, so all this could not matter in a span of about like two weeks because these could all change. And since we recorded the, play, the preview, they hadn't put the playoff expansion, and we only had five teams in there. I might as well put it on the record for us who, who our extra playoff teams were. So, you remember, guys, who our extra picks were? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I had. I know. Hold on, I got it. I got it. I, I, I have here. the. I have the list here, and I'll just read it off to you guys. So here's. Oh no, I got it. Yeah. So yeah, here, you do that. You do that. Yeah, so, perfect. For the American League, I have the Rays way in the East. The Twins in the Central, the Astros in the West, my wild cards, Yankees, White Sox, A's, Indians, Angels. I think that last one's terrible, but the other one should be all right. <laughs> Will, you went Yankees, Yankees, Twins, Astros, and then your wild cards, Rays, Indians, A's, White Sox, Blue Jays. Not so great for the Buffalo Blue Jays. No. And Anthony, you had Yankees, Twins, Astros, Divisions, Rays, Blue Jays, A's, White Sox, Angels. I love watching the White Sox guys. Like I don't know if you've watched they're, a lot of they're them. They're so much Either. fun. They are. They're going to be such a good team. I, I'm in. Mm-hmm. I am fully standing, Luis Robert <laughs> and Aloy Jimenez is hitting like Apo Talk. I mean, in Neil Makata, I can go on. The team is awesome. Like I really love watching them. That team gets some like legitimate pitching. Like when Kopech comes back next year, and uh, uh, they got that the kid in the down in the pro, uh, minors. I think his name is Dane Durring or something. Yeah. Like they're gonna they're gonna be legit, man. Because that lineup and those everyday players are like legit. Luis Robert is the guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go to the National League for a minute for the playoff predictions. The NL East, like uh, Anthony, I actually had the Mets winnings. I feel good about that. Will you have the Nationals? So there's still a shot there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Nice way of putting it. <laughs> you can't rule anybody out in that NL East. No. NL Central, you and I have the Reds. Anthony has the Kobe Cardinals winning the division. Oh, well. Five five games of their name. <laughs> yeah, we had the Dodgers sweep in the West. I think I was that still looks pretty good. 
wild cards. I have the Braves, the COVID Cardinals, the Padres, the Phillies. That awful bullpen's going to make me regret that pick, and the Cubbies. So I, I, I do feel good about that. Will, you have Mets, Braves, Padres, Phillies, Cardinals, Anthony Nationals, Reds, Padres, Cubs, Braves. So a lot of the similarities here, but none of us took the Orioles or the Tigers or the Rockies. Man, I'm looking at it now. God, the Rockies are killing it. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Charlie, <laughs> and Charlie Blackman might hit 400. I mean, it's about like 460 or something right now. I mean, that's yeah. insane, man. Good for them. But yeah, I, uh, Cincinnati. Gosh, they're going to burn me. A, they might burn me a second year in a row. Oh, they're still in it. They can still get a wild card. Their pitching is nasty. I yeah. want, uh, I tell you, paging the New York Mets. There's a, there's a free agent on that team. Impending free agent. Yes, I know. Which, Trevor Bauer. Go get him. <laughs> he likes one-year contracts. Go give him one. He is just like, I was watching the start the other day, just like curveballs that are breaking from your forehead to your knees and then dot in 95 on the black. Like, just give me that. <laughs> Indeed. And the last thing I want to touch on before we wrap this up here is like right now, MLB, we're talking about doing a playoff bubble because we've some early discussions on it. We've seen, as Anthony said, it works in the NBA. It's working in NHL. We're now talking about doing a playoff bubble, and we're talking about doing it potentially where you could have three parks for one league. So something like New York, Philly, California, Chicago, Milwaukee. Anthony, you're I'm assuming you're pro MLB playoff bubble. Yeah, I mean, not just because, you know, I'm a NBA stand now just because I work for them, but it works. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why we kind of abandoned the bubble aspect for baseball that they were talking about, you know, months ago, but, it, you know, we don't want to see, you know, this regular season get played for essentially nothing. Yeah, so well, you got yeah. to do something. I completely agree. Like, to a T. Yeah. It's such a no-brainer. Such a no-brainer. Yeah, I think the thing that's also the problem here is, like, my, as people point out me off the air, it's like, it's not like you, can, like you can stop the playoff if somebody has a COVID outbreak. That's a problem. No, yeah, that, yeah, that, that would be worst-case scenario. So I think you have to do it in a bubble. The thing that boggles my mind is that, like, they're, like, so, like, convinced on their ways. They're like, oh, we're going to California because the weather is great. And, like, California still, the virus is spiking all over the place. You guys had way too early to be playing in California at your home. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they take the right, you know, the correct step to, to get it done. But I do think that's the best way to do it. Because, like, to me, it's like, I sit there and, like, New York should be a hub. New York has three stadiums, and New York has better virus numbers than most of the country. Yep. But they don't. But I think they're terrified of the weather. Well, uh, I mean, whatever. It's playoff baseball, though. You know what I mean? Like, gosh, the Yankees, everybody, we've been playing it. We've been playing. Uh, they're playing it all the time, every year. Although I will give the weak credit for one thing, Florida is not on the list of hubs. So good job by them I'm realizing they're not going to Dubber DeSantis and his COVID-riddled state is the is the right move. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Yeah, but so far, so good. Hopefully, we'll be get talk about the playoffs in a couple of weeks. I want to thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate it. Of course, thank you. Always a pleasure. All right, before I let you go, plug some social media. Anthony, how about you? Uh, you can check me out on Instagram at Sorbellini Photos and then on Twitter at underscore Sorbellini. Will, how about you? At Will Schneider H1 on Twitter. Yep. All right. That sounds good. Thanks for coming on, guys. Really appreciate it. Of course. And Will, let, let me ask you real quick. 
What's your favorite game show? Uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Well, we'll, we'll talk more game shows in the podcast up next. I'm going to be joined by our pop culture correspondent, Sandra Rose. We're doing a game show draft right after this. All right, we are back here talking pop culture on the podcast. Actually, going into the world of game shows this week. Join me today, our pop culture correspondent, Sandra Rosa. Sam, welcome back. How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me again, again. Again, again. I've lost count how many times it is, but I will tell you off air what it is once I figure out the number. Ah, oh, thank you. You could uh, Twitter tag me on Twitter with the amount of times. <laughs> yeah, I will, and I will see. So then everyone knows. I'll let everybody know and on Twitter when I tag you in this episode. But I will say, though, it's nice to be talked to you again and actually have some sports on. Right? Yeah. So many sports in a good way. Yeah, because, like, we went from nothing to basically, like, trying not to, like, over-engorge yourself with, like, all the sports options you have right now. Exactly. Like, I don't know about you. I mean, I actually started watching basketball again. I haven't watched basketball in, like, say, two years. It's definitely interesting. I know. I've been actually following – I've been – Oddly enough, following the WNBA pretty religiously right now, so I'm very excited. Not yeah. religiously. That's being a little overdramatic, but I've been watching like games like as much as I can. Yeah, I felt bad for the Liberty fans. Sabrina Ionescu basically like twisted her ankle at this third game, and like she was on fire in her second. Yeah, she'll be back. She's a tough. I like. She's a really tough athlete, so I think she'll be back really soon. Yeah, and as I said before on the podcast, we are keeping pop culture alive because I don't trust COVID. I don't trust the NFL or MLB to successfully finish. So we're keeping this mm-hmm. thing, this thing going. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, we are keeping it going. And today we are diving into the world of game shows. And I talked about a game show last week about Holy Moly, the ABC game show, Pete Considori. And I will say you were one of our draft picks for some people from the podcast world who we found to watch on that show. Oh, solid. I'm glad somebody enjoys my personality. <laughs> yeah, I said, I think Pete, yeah, Pete said the number one pick on the board from the podcast role had to be John Stanko because watching John, that show would be hysterical. That would be, <laughs> I'm just picturing it right now. Yeah. I could picture John being on there, him getting a little cry on saying like, like something about him being a film critic as his little like, like bio fact they put on the screen and then him getting pissed off if he misses a hole or something. Uh, that's all I pictured is him just getting frustrated. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, I could just hear his voice. You're like, oh, come on. Yeah. Like, yeah. We said, we said he would be good. We said watching Joe D get flustered on the hole would be, would, some of the holes would be fun seeing him. He's very cool. He can get pushed with some of these ridiculous situations he'd be in. Oh, poor Joe. I feel like he would, be, he would like keep it professional though. I could see it. He would be. I also, I also said, I threw out there. I said, Hey, like Sandra's is would be fun on this show as well. I feel like she would have a good time. Yeah, I'd probably be like the handicap, like, yeah. <laughs> like I, uh, me and mini golf kind of deal don't do well. So, um, but actually, I've gotten more holes in one in mini golf than a lot of other people that I know. So, what you might be sleeping on me there, Pete? So, what is your favorite? What What's the most fun mini golf hole you've held in one? Um, actually, when I was five, not even trying, just putted it. And the look on my parents' face was, like, the best thing ever. Because I didn't really fully understand. You know what I mean? When you're five, like, what's a hole-in-one, right? 
I'm like, you just got a hole in one. I'm like, yeah, no big deal. And I'm like, oh, what does that really mean? But then again, I it was like my first and favorite hole in one. The other ones were just fluke, but those are the best kinds, right? Yeah, I mean, I love the, when I get the chance to get a hole in one. It doesn't happen too often for me, but I do flake a little more conservatively. I do tend to go for the try and make sure I get the two rather than the one. Gotcha. I just like hit it and I'm like, watch this. And yeah. then I'll like hit it like between my legs or something <laughs> stupid. Hey. You know, just just to make mini golf more exciting than it already is. Yes, that's true. And I was actually talking about this with uh, the great Alan Austin, who unfortunately did beat us both in the baseball movie draft poll. He beat Stanko out. We t- managed that tie for third. First of all, that was disappointing. I think it's just because of the league of their own, but I didn't, this, you know, this will be better. This week will be better for me. I have a good feeling. I think it'll be better for both of us because like the Costner fans did not There's come only out. Two of us. <laughs> they didn't come out for me. I was, I, 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 you know what? It's all right. It's all right. Maybe if it was a poll on like Facebook, you would have gotten a little more like positive yeah, feedback. Yeah, Facebook needs to have a poll option. That's disappointing that they don't. Feedback, feedback box. That's what you need to give them. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll send that way that's their way after this show is over. But I was talking to Alan last week, and he was talking about how, you know, like, obviously, if you watch your scripted shows, you're not getting them for a while. But I do think you're going to see a lot of these game shows come back soon because it's very easy to produce a bunch of them quickly. That's true, and it's, like, more easy to keep people socially distant. Yeah, I think for sure. And, like, I mean, ABC has a bunch of summer game shows, and I think, honestly, the thing I'm excited about, ABC, if they could film this properly, the Leslie Jones Supermarket Suite reboot, I am all in for. Yeah, the only problem is when they all go for it at the same time. Yeah. That's my my only concern. But other than that, it's a pretty, like, individualized game. As far as the show is concerned, Supermarket Suite, I think Leslie Jones... I want to see her losing her marbles and somebody's going down the aisles of the big suite trying to figure out the bonus item or mm-hmm. go for the go for the big inflatable thing that the, with the bonus prize. Like the show is just so ridiculous and so ready for a primetime version. I cannot wait to see what she does. I know. Hopefully it will be on this year. I think it will. Mike Hunch is like Alan points out. He said basically with the game shows, all you really have to do is, you know, get your your cast out there. It's like sequester everybody for a couple of weeks is going to be on the show. Like bring them out there, film a bunch in a weekend and you're done. That's true. And uh, you can even like bring them out there two weeks early, have everyone in quarantine and then create your own bubble. Yeah. You can do a, a little production bubble. And I will say I'm still working my way through the classic supermarket sweep. I still, I get such a kick out of it whenever I watch it. <laughs> I literally have not watched it in a couple of weeks because that's how severely I'm pacing myself. Yeah. Just because I don't want to blow through it. Because, like, I blow through, like, new seasons of, like, Netflix shows, everything, in, you know, matter of days. Like, uh, just the Umbrella Academy that came out on the 31st, I went through that in, like, two days. I was so excited. Yeah, like, I've seen a couple episodes. I do enjoy, obviously, number one, I think, what you think of David Ruprecht? (sighs) I don't really know him that well, you know? Yeah, I think, like you know, what I mean, like all I know is him on the show, and I just think of him as like a, he was a grocer. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they're like, hey, you do grocery like work when you're not in acting. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. one of those things. Like that's your side job. Like let's go. Has he really been in anything else besides the host there? No, not really. But I will say, like, I do think he's funny because, like, like the way he like they make him sprint out every single time at the start of the show. Like it's it's so hysterical. 
He's definitely a grocer. Let's be honest. He's probably a grocer. I will say somebody with experience in the grocery store industry, he does dress a lot like a grocery store manager would. Exactly. And I feel like no person who works in costumes could fully replicate it. No, it's an experience you have to have on your own. I will say, like, this is one of the shows I love to play just because I feel like my experience, like, in a grocery store gave me a huge leg up at the big sweep. That's true. I'm always lost in grocery stores, so I feel like I would be the opposite yeah. of you in yeah. this game. <laughs> yeah. Do you want a tip on, like, how what the strategy, I think, is to win that? And I think Ruprecht agrees with this strategy. I read an interview with him. Oh, I'm ready. I thought you were going to go right into it. I'm ready. All right. So here's the scoop. You know how in the big sweep, when they tend to, everybody tends to veer right for the meat department where they're going for the big hams and they're getting all these mm-hmm. like, heavy things. I think that's not the way you go. The way you go is you go down like the cosmetics aisle. You get a bunch of those hair dyes. You get a bunch of like the expensive medicines. You can load up your cart and it's e- like the push. That's the easiest way to rack up the dollars and have room to add a bunch of stuff. I would just go for the coffee. Yeah. I don't even know if this year they would have the like ground up coffee. Like, yeah. is that even like a 2020 thing in grocery stores anymore? They do have the grinders there. It's not as common because most people tend to buy ground coffee already, but they do sell the beans and have grinders if you want to do it. The last time I saw a coffee grinder and besides the AMP is Food Emporium in good old Yorktown Heights. <laughs> yeah, shout out to one of my former employers. You work for, oh, for A&P. I thought I was like, wait a minute, you work for Food Emporium? You just blew my mind, but I got confused. <laughs> well, they are in the same family. I Technically, I did like show up there like, a couple of times on, on a company request. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah, they were under the, they were under the same um, corporate umbrella, and one time they had me go over there and just help out a little bit when they needed help. I think like with pricing stuff. Funny enough, now I think about it, the food emporium looked a lot like the A and P. Yeah, yeah, that's besides huh. the that's a little, we're going in, we're going inside baseball in the grocery store game here, but I will say that's the strategy: is you load up on like the medicine and you load up on like stuff like that that's light but expensive that we can really jack the cart up and really raise the prices. Well, you might have just given your strategy to a competitor, so just just so you're aware. You don't know. We could be on the same team. Okay, all right. I just didn't know if like my inability to get like you know to follow myself around, you know, get to point A to point B in the grocery store, that would have deterred you for picking me as like a partner in your game show. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing with Supermarket Sweep is as a team game, and you have two people on your team. There's also a lot of pop culture stuff in there. I feel like you would be a great help in that in those categories when we answer the trivia questions and stuff like that. I just get nervous. Like I always think about the, like this celebrity likes this product, you know, and I yeah. feel like I would know it, but I would be super confident in my wrongness. Yeah. But I'd be like, oh, they like they like um, you know, their favorite fruit is strawberries, but yeah. in reality, it's cherries or something. Yeah. <sighs> so nervous. So I'm already nerve wracked right now. Yeah. As I say, but I say that's the strategy. It's like you have a good partner who knows your pop culture, somebody who can run the sweep, and then you're. Hopefully you get lucky, you win the big prize. I think I want to see how big they go because the syndicated version, I think, was like five grand was the final prize. I want, I think, it's got to be like at least like twenty grand for a network version. Oh, you would think. Who knows? Maybe they'll just use ninety prices. Indeed. And what kind of the game shows? I'm going to ask you real quick. What kind of games would you, would you like to play on? I mean, honestly, anything that doesn't involve spelling or math. <laughs> So General knowledge stuff, I got you. Like, running around doing things, I also got you. But I 
I'm not. I'm gonna say it now because I'm not gonna use it in, unless it's like absolute necessary for later on in the show. Um, there's this uh, British like game show called Countdown, and they have to like it's literally all spelling and math and comedy as well. Don't get me wrong, but it's all spelling and find like making words and math problems. I would have. I would do so bad on that show. So anything other than that, I'm good. That's good to know because we're actually about to do a a fun activity. We, I, I'm, I'm getting myself in a draft mood because I do have a draft coming up with Alan Austin this week and some others about the new Big Brother All Star season. But that's a separate activity. But we're going to do a draft sure. of our favorite of the game shows we want to play on. We're each going to pick five. Since you are the guest here, and I'm going to be show first, I'll let you go first. Where, what, what show would you play first? Sweet. I'm going to just go right in it, and I'm going to be upset with all the followers out there who will not agree with me on this one, but my first game show I would pick is I'm bringing it back, but Legends of the Hidden Temple, and you got to be kidding me. If you're not a kid who watched that show, who did not want to be on that show, there's something wrong with you, because that's all I wanted to do as a kid was be on Legends of the Hidden Temple. That's a stellar first pick, because that's one that like obviously touches the Nickelodeon kids game show genre. It's like Got that air of mystique about the show. The challenges are cool. And it's like, it makes you feel like I would want to do that. And I would love to run that course. Right? I all That's all I wanted to do. Yeah. As a kid was like, be on like the Purple Paris or the Red Jaguars and be like, let's go. Yeah, I think that's a good, a good one. I think for my first pick, and I think this is a combination of like me trying to figure out what would I be good at and what would I have the chance to win the most money at. I think mm. I would go with the hundred thousand dollar period as my first pick. Ooh, that's a hard game to play. It's fun but at the same time because you also, I think, you're good at word association. You get paired with celebrities, which is always fun. So you get to meet some famous people if you're on this show, and like mm-hmm. you get the new version hosted by Michael Strahan, so you get to laugh with him when you're on the show, and the you get in, oh, you get Michael Strahan, yeah, and you get on the in the winning in the winner circle once. You have a chance at fifty grand, twice a chance at a hundred grand. So you could leave with one hundred fifty thousand dollars. You if you hit your clues right. Hmm. I literally, I feel like every draft that you include me in, I just don't play it like how you think about it. That's why, that's why we're different. You're like, this is fun. And I'm like, I'm going analytical. <laughs> yeah. Complete different takes on this. That's that's why it works. We both have the same style. We boring. That's true. That's true. All right. I was really afraid you're going to like steal all my picks like right off the bat. So you don't have to worry about that. You get another one. So where it's, what's your next show? My next one is good. Of course, another good one. The regular version or the global yeah. version? Ooh. See, like, I thought that we would just put that under the umbrella of, like, Gus. You yeah, know so what I mean? like, if you had a choice, like, I'll give you the whole franchise. Like, which one did you like better? This regular Gus. Yeah. I have to go with the regular, or the original, I guess. But um, it has a killer theme song. That's I don't it. want to sing it because I don't have perfect pitch. But um, that was another thing, like climbing the aggro track, like hilarious, you know, as a kid and an adult saying it. And then also it's just like really like they just had such cool activities that I would totally do that as an adult even now. You know, like today if somebody said, hey, we will like fly you out to Florida to film it because I'm pretty sure they did all their things in Florida. We will pay you nothing. You will have to sign a waiver if you get hurt or injured that like you know that you can't sue us and i still sign up yeah 
I'm right there with you. The aggro crag is amazing. And for anybody who has not seen it, just imagine this, like, ridiculous, like, mountain that's made of, like, basically, like, junk props. And, like, you have to climb the mountain to get to the top and beat the other two teams there to win the prize. Like, that's the, that's the final task of the show. And it always looks amazing. Oh, and it's so cool. And it's, like, the fog, the, the styrofoam rocks getting thrown at your head. Yeah. Just pure, pure class. Yeah. Okay, so Sam's on the board. Two Nickelodeon game shows in a row. I respect both picks. I'm gonna have a little fun. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna stay away from the trivia for now. I'm gonna go with something that has been revived recently on ABC. I, I do think it's fun. The concept is ridiculous, but like you can still win a lot of money and prizes. Give me press your luck. Ooh, that was on my list. That's a good one. That I, was on my list. I love that show. I think it's a lot of fun. Elizabeth Banks is a great host for it because she has great comedic timing and, like, obviously a lot of fun. You know, you're sitting there. You don't have to know too much trivia, but you literally sometimes just press luck of the board. You got to, you can get a chance to win, like, thousands and thousands of dollars in cash and prizes, mm-hmm. or you can get wiped out by a single whammy. It's all, like, it's a, literally like playing Russian roulette with the money, which is very, very fun and very addicting and, like, the amount of money you can rake, rack up on that board if you're hot is incredible. Oh, yeah. I just like the little whammies. Yeah. <laughs> I love the... Being this, honest. Yeah, the cartoons are so funny with all the things they do. See, like, I would watch Press Your Luck, but when I was younger, when I was yeah. on Game Show Network, yeah. I loved that show growing up. Like, that show. That network growing up, and I loved Press Your Luck because of the really bad 90s animation. Yeah, I think I think it's... Definitely even more fun with the Elizabeth, Elizabeth Bank update is fun. I do recommend that to you. Oh, yeah. See, like, we'll have that on on Sunday nights at work. Yeah. So we watch it. <laughs> yeah. So you are familiar. Oh, definitely. All right. Where are you going with game show number three? All right. So I was going to go with this certain one, but then I'm switching it to a later one. I'm going to go with match game. Ooh, I like that one. I've always. So, like, like I said, with. Um, Richard, whatever his name was. I, I know my mom's going to kill me when she hears me that I don't remember. Richard Pryor? Think, Richard Pryor. I think that's right. Yeah. When he, like, he was the creepiest host ever, but <laughs> I thought he was, like, so funny when I was, like, five years old. But even now, with Alec Baldwin, who I'm always on the fence with if I like him, but I always love the cast that they pick for Match Game this time around. It's always people that I love. So it's extra funny and stuff. Also, when they have um, James Vanderbeek on there, I think that's always funny. Just because he's not always inherently funny, but just him being him is funny. Yeah, for those... the un- Very specific, but other than that, just like, that's me. Yeah, for the, those unfamiliar with Match Game, the idea is basically you're, you're one of two contestants on the show. You have a panel of six celebrities are basically getting hammered throughout the show, and you have... Get asked these questions to try and make a match with them, and basically the goal of the question is to make you say the dirtiest things possible on tele and network television. Yeah, I think that's pretty funny, and I've always enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy it too, especially watching the modern version and how like they clearly want a certain dirty answer, and these people who like they pull from like random walks of life are giving the most like clean PC answers, and then Alec <laughs> Baldwin always goes like, "Yeah, that's a horrible answer," and then just goes to the panel and lets the panel rip them apart for it. Oh, yeah. Too funny. I think it's just like, it's like a really cool concept. I think it's a great concept. It was on my list. Not like, I think maybe a pick or two from now I would have gone there, but my next one, I'm going to go to 
the classic. I think you, in terms of game show, if you want to do something like this, I think you have to have the prices right on the list. Oh, I've never liked that game. Why? <laughs> Nothing against Bob Barker or Drew Carey now. I just never got the price correct, and I hated it. I also did not like the giant spinny wheel yeah. or Plinko. I just think, I was just like, I can live without. So I'm so sorry. I feel like everyone loves the prices right except for me. Yeah, well, for me, it's just it's an American institution. Also, can I give <laughs> give a shout out to the great How Met Your Mother episode when Barney Stinson goes that's on the, the show. Most, that's the most I've liked to the show when it was on How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, so everybody knows the price is right. If you're on it, you might get your pricing knowledge, get on the big stage, try and win the big prizes, get to the showcase showdown, spin the wheel, all the classic stuff. How Met Your Mother is a great parody of it. So if you don't want to watch a full episode of the show, you can watch the How Met Your Mother episode when Barney Stinson is on it. They do a pretty good quick run-through of the show. Oh, yeah. And it's just, like, so funny. It's like, did you win? And then he pulls out the gifts. He's like, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. That's, yeah. like, the best. That's actually one of my favorite episodes of How Met Your Mother, ironically. Um, or being a hypocrite. But whichever one word you want to choose for me. All right, we'll put that in the vault here. Maybe a future pop culture install will be the Where Did How I Met Your Mother Go Wrong uh, experiment, the thought discussion. Ooh, that'd be good. I have a lot to say on How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, we'll do that in the future. We'll do that in the fall. That'll be some, maybe November sweeps will do How I Met Your Mother. Okay. Yeah. But you're up. You have two more picks. Where are you going with your next one? All right. I'm just worried that it's going to be taken. I'm going to go with Cash Cab. Cash Cab? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I've never heard of that show. What? I have not. No way. There, that's over. Oh no, Cash Cab is so good. I think it was okay. It might have been on Discovery Channel, but it's like okay. So you're in New York City. I can't remember the host's name. I'm horrible with names, but he's this like bald guy, and he like drives a New York City cab, quote unquote. And then these people get in, and they're like, <laughs> the lights go off. It's like you're on Cash Cab. And they're like, oh, my God, because they're New Yorkers. And they're like, what the heck, or whatever. But, yeah, honestly, scripted that part, but whatever. Um, and then, like, they give them a destination. And it's, like, so many blocks, you get so many questions. And if you, like, get the, like, three wrong or two wrong, you're, like, kicked out. But if you get all the way there, you just get, like, cash money. He hands you cash, and you get out of the cab. And it's, like, all these different um, – it's kind of like uh, like who wants to be a millionaire. Like, you can, like, phone a friend or, like, ask a guy in the street. So, like, I love that aspect. I also just love general, like, knowledge questions. Oh, that's interesting. I may need to f go YouTube an episode of that and see what that's like. Oh, definitely. It's really funny. Well, it's not super funny. It's just, like, these, like, questions, and it's, like, these really simple ones. But when you're put on the spot, you're, like, uh, it's, like, who wrote Macbeth? And you're, like, uh, like, yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, it's just great. I love it. I just, like, human, like, you know, everyone you put under pressure, how people react. I agree with that. That sounds like a fun concept. My next one I'm going to go to is I'm going to go to the show we were just talking about. Give me Supermarket Sweep. I wanted, I would love to do it. I think I actually could have a shot to win that show. The key would be finding the right partner for that show. Like I do think I could get you or Stanko on my team to have a good shot. I definitely would do Stanko for the like, humor because yeah. I could just see him being really funny on that show. Yeah, I, I think also, I think, like, in terms of, like, skill set, I do think, like, you guys both offer, like, the, the trivia portion. I think, like, I think I could run the sweep. I could really kill the sweep. I do feel good about my chances on that. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, no, definitely. I would probably hurt you a little bit in the running, 
But other than that, I get winded really easily. But other than that, I think I could pull you on the trivia. Yeah, so I figure I said, you know, like if you did the trip, help you with the trivia, I ran the sweep. I think we'd make a good team. Mm, I agree. I agree. We'll see if Leslie Jones is interested in us. Yeah, we'll we'll set the tape and we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll send her the podcast. Be yeah. like, hey, yo, Leslie, help us out. Yeah, we'll we'll see if she helps us out. And your last pick is up. Where are you going for your final game show? All right, I'm doing this for the people at home, as in my home. I'm gonna go with. Family Feud. Oh, that's a, that's a favorite. Because, honestly, that's been, like, a show that my whole entire family has watched. And uh, we even owned, for a while, the Family Feud PC game, uh, which was also a lot of fun. But it's something that my mom and I, like, just watch. Like, you know, like when it's late at night, like, there's nothing on. We turn on, and there's always Family Feud, like, somewhere on TV. So it's always good, like, with Steve Harvey and, like, the families. I, I'm i not going to include the family feud celebrity one because, like, I'm just, like, eh, I don't really care about celebrity families. But I love to see, like, the American weird family on TV. Yeah. Like, everyone's strange on that show. Not being mean, it's just you're, everyone on there is just a little strange. Yeah, I I also love the, the point of that show where they come up with the – it's sort of similar with a mask game where they try to get people to say the dirtiest thing on television and, St- and the host, in this case Steve Harvey, has to act horrified when people suggest dirty things on the TV. I love that he's actually offended by some of the things that they say because, like, he's not even acting. He's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, And then when he's like, that's not even an answer, and it is an answer, and then he, like, like looks like he's just going to walk out. Like, yeah. I just love that. This, he probably low-key doesn't like hosting this anymore, but it's a great paycheck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's always, like, this, like, you know, thin line for him. Yeah, I, I always read too much into game shows, but that's just me. The celebrity version, I will say that it's fun because they do take shots at Steve Harvey with some of the questions. I do think it's funny when they ask, like, like, what do women like about Steve Harvey? What's his, what's his, That's their number one feature for <laughs> Steve Harvey, and then they just get people giving answers. He looks like flummoxed whenever they say something's bad about him. God, that poor dude. He did. <laughs> I will say, oh, it, will, it can go off the rails. And I do think it'd be fun to put together the the Just and the Suffering Family Feud team. That'd be fun. I think honestly, like the our four pop our four pop culture will be four of the five. I need to figure out who the fifth one is. Well, well, I think I think we have to really think about that. We'd have to come together and decide who our like fifth wheel is going to be. I think by default we have to be Will Schneiderham because he's on it the most of anybody else on the show. That's true. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, I think it'll be the five of us will be a fun family feud team. Especially like we put we put Stanko in like the in like the prime <laughs> like the, like the three spot where he's basically like getting key key answers to every question. Yeah, and then you'll have me like getting them all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do, I'm not going to lie, like, hopefully, I haven't been on the show, so I don't truly know, but I feel like I'd be really good in the speed round if we made it that far. Yeah. Yeah, I think we could, I think that we could do good on Fast Money if we got there. Yeah, well, shoddy a spot in the Fast Money, just saying. If we, if our team gets there, you have a spot in Fast Money. Sweet, because I shoddied it, and no one sees the nose goes, but my finger's on my nose. (laughs) All right, so, Shazam is shoddy, the, uh the fast money spot on the Justin, the suffering family feud team. I'm going to mm-hmm. my last pick. I got a couple options going to, I want I could consider here, which I think would be interesting. Feud was on my list. So I got to dive a little bit down and get something new as we are recording. It's literally starting to pour out here. So that's going to be fun. And yeah. 
And I think I'm trying to say I want to take Holy Moly if I want to go in a different direction. That's really my dilemma at this point. But go with the sleeper show. Go with the sleeper show. Yeah, I'm trying to think what my sleeper show would be because I don't want to do Jeopardy because I would not win because I'm not smart enough to outbeat some of these people. That's so funny. That was on my list too, and I was like, I'm not smart enough for this show either. Yeah, Wheel of Fortune's too basic. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think like what would be my generic, my good fifth show. You know what? I'm gonna go back to my childhood for my fifth one. Actually, I'm gonna go with where in I the world. the one I'm thinking of. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Just because that show was such a riot as a kid. I just remember as a kid, I wanted to play that so bad. And just knowing, I feel like I've got a good handle on geography. So I think I'll be able to do well on the show. And I love the cartoon, like the cartoon aspect of trying to catch Carmen San Diego, stop the robbery with all of her sidekicks and all that. Yeah, no, I was, I'm actually surprised. See, this is why you go with the sleeper show. This is a good one. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, because I was like sitting there, I'm like, like, what do I want to do? Because like, I, I think this would be fun to play, and I do think, like, if they had the adult version of it, I do think I could kill on that. See, like, my my sleeper one was, like, I really went back and forth, but I didn't want to be too, like, childhood heavy on my picks. I didn't want to box myself in. Um, but mine was going to be Double Dare. Yeah, Double Dare is another good one. Like, I would love to crawl through a nose full of slime. Yeah, so to recap the draft here, Sam's five game shows she want to play, Legends of the Hidden Temple, Guts, Match Game, Cash Cab, and Family Feud, Minor Pyramid, Press Your Luck, The Price is Right, Supermarket Sweep, and Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? After the show goes on, up on the podcast stream, we're going to put this poll on Twitter, see who has the more popular list of game shows. We will see who wins the poll, and I'm hoping the Price is Right audience comes through for me here, unlike the Costner audience in the, in the last draft. <laughs> I severely boxed myself away from the price is right, and I feel like that's all of America. Yeah. What have I done? Week two, like the second time I've done this, but it's okay. I'm sticking to my guns. Yeah, well, I mean, you have you have some good ones on there. Match game got some has some love. Family feuds very big. That was a good last pick for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm also on double there. See, I'm glad glad I didn't listen to myself. You didn't triple down the Nickelodeon game shows. No, but I had I had to throw that out there as an honorable mention because I I thought that was such a like fun show. Yeah, I'm always intrigued by Jeopardy too because like I've done the Jeopardy online quiz to see if I can get cash for the show. But like one thing I realized about that is that like as a I will say is I do not like at, my demo is very very competitive for Jeopardy. Hmm. I um had a he was a high school English teacher who I had like for two years, and he despise Jeopardy because he was picked and then he went for like the first round for like you know to go in front of people and they didn't pick him and he's like has such a vendetta against that show that we weren't even allowed to talk about Jeopardy or even like mention the word Jeopardy even in like the word danger you know like how that's another word for danger he was very dead set about that that's a good Jeopardy story that's that's all I think about for Jeopardy is Mr. Broomhead in the ninth grade English (laughs) Shout out to Mr. Broomhead if he's listening to this. Oh, yeah. No, funny enough, his name is Broomhead. Like a broom, a broom handle, but a broomhead. Oh, so shout out to Mr. Broomhead if you're listening to this. Damn, hopefully he never hears this. This would be so embarrassing. <laughs> I, I, I think there's a better chance Rob Manfred's listening to me complain about him than, than uh, Mr. Broomhead finds this. All right, Broomhead is a sneaky guy. Like, yeah. he, do you know the show Teen Mom? Yes. 
he would talk about that show all the time. And there's this guy on there named Gary. This is now I'm like going to date myself, but this was back in like 2008, I believe, like, or 2008, 2009, where he's like, I would love to have Gary on my team for when it's the apocalypse. Like this yeah. guy was like, he's an interesting fellow. I have a million broomhead stories, which I will not share because nobody knows who I'm talking about. But that's just some guy who hates Jeopardy. And I think that's so strange. How do you hate Jeopardy? Well, maybe off air sometimes you can tell me some of these stories. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. And I will say, I did think about doing Amazing Race my last pick. I'm like, you know what? That's, that's not a game show. It's more of a reality show. Yeah, like there's this Telemundo uh, game show, which I didn't want to pick because I don't think I was going to say it right. But I also think it's kind of like an amazing race, like just like an action show kind yeah. of deal like that. Yeah, I do. That's another one that's on my bucket. Was I would love to like apply for Amazing Race. I think that'd be fun. That would be fun, except if you like, go to like a weird place and they make you eat bugs. Yeah, well, that's always a possibility. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Sam, before I let you go, as, as always, at the end of pop culture here, like, what have you been streaming of late? And what's some stuff you're looking forward to like, coming up that you want to get to? Um, Well, on spoiler alert, because I mentioned it earlier, but the Umbrella Academy season two was super good. I've uh, been watching that. Um, I'm not going to lie. I restarted watching The Office, which I've seen probably like two times through. But for those people out there who, like my brother, who don't give the office the time of day, definitely give the office like the time of day because this is quarantine and what else do you have to do? Well, now you can watch sports, but I will say check the office out. Well, they're, they're not on 24 seven sports. So like the 21, like, you know, like yeah. for those four hours or three hours and sports aren't on, watch the office. Yeah, it's true. You can watch in the morning before the sports comes on. Exactly. With your like cereal or oatmeal. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good pick. Like, I lately, I've been, I watched, have you watched, did you see I'll Be Gone in the Dark on HBO? No, but how is it? It's phenomenal. All right, well, I'll have to watch that now. And yeah, it's, it's a doc. After the office. Yeah, it's a docu it's a docu documentary about how, like, a true crime writer basically was, like, writing a book investigating, like, a serial, like, a serial killer from the 70s and 80s in, San in California, and then, the book actually helped lead to a breakthrough in the case, and they actually arrested the guy. Like, 20, 50. That show was really, really well done. Like, and eh, that's good. I want to watch. I want to check out the visual album "Blackest King" that Beyonce released on Disney Plus. I do want to check that out. Yep, I forgot about that. That's on my list, and I'm going through right now. She's going through the Mandalorian uh, docu series. Like, get myself. In I'm saving that for a rainy day, which may end up being tomorrow, but. <laughs> It's like ahead of season because season two is coming soon, which we're definitely going to cover on the podcast in the fall. But like, I wanted to sort of go back and remember some of the things that made the Mandalorian season one great. So I'm watching the behind the scenes thing right now. That's awesome. I'll probably watch the behind the scenes and then rewatch season one because I feel like I didn't get the full package like the first time. Yeah. And I also, a fun fact for all those listeners out there, I spent $5. Now, I know that doesn't sound like enough, like a lot. Uh, but they were 25-cent trains, and I tried to win myself a Baby Yoda, and I spent a full $5 yeah. <laughs> trying to win a Baby Yoda, and I didn't succeed. Yeah, Baby Yoda is a hot hot merchandise item right now. And it was a really good version of a Baby Yoda. Yeah. Like, I was like, I need it. And then I went to the guy, and I said, like, I'll give you, like, 20 bucks. And then he goes, you have to offer more than that because people offer me $100, and I still don't give it to them. Yeah. And then I got really upset, and I walked away. Yeah. <laughs> I was very disappointed. 
Yeah, well, that's un- that is unfortunate. And one thing that's good co- about the Mandalorian season two is completely in the can. They filmed it last year, so we do not have to wait for it. We will actually get the full thing on time. That's great. I did not know that. Yes, yeah, so they got they got some secret. They filmed that basically in secret while season one was still airing. They were filming season two, so they basically knew they were going to be a hit. They're so good with secrets. Yeah, Star Wars very secretive, very good about it. And I want to say I want to thank you for coming on. How can people follow you on Twitter if they want to keep up with you? Well, I post a lot of sports things right now, but at S-D-E-R-O-S-5. Um, but you can also find me on Instagram at Esterosa175. I never promote myself on Instagram, and I think I take lovely pictures. I do that they are lovely pictures. I do follow Sam on Instagram. They are lovely pictures. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Just let me know. You heard me in the podcast, and I will accept your request. All right, that sounds good. I'll let the audience know that. I also want to thank our guests from earlier, Will Schneiderhand and Anthony Sarbellini, the baseball beat, getting us caught up in all the crazies in the baseball world. I will say it's been a little nuts early on, but if we get to the end, it could be fascinating. I hope we get to the end of baseball. <laughs> yeah, I hope we do too. That's been a fun episode. If you want more good stuff like this podcast, Sam, I actually mentioned earlier, like there is a draft post online. I talked to our good friend, Alan Austin. I talked to some other people. We did a draft of people who are on the new Big Brother season. That's up on the on the website, just on the suffering.wordpress.com. You want to see us basically have a text conversation where we basically draft out who we think will win this crazy season. Oh, I'm excited. I can't wait to read more about it. Yeah, you can read more about it there. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. All the usual suspects. Find all the episodes there. You can also find this stuff on YouTube. Mike Phillips on YouTube. Put individual conversations up. Like Sam, our conversation will be up on YouTube shortly. That's exciting. You have so many ways to find you, and I only have two ways. <laughs> yeah, so please find one of those ways. And I also encourage the audience, please leave your feedback and star ratings. They help make the podcast even better going forward. I do think they mean a lot, and I really implore the audience to do that. They want to get the podcast in the ears of more listeners. And definitely comment about how bad my picks are for this week's poll. Yes, vote in the poll as well. We cannot forget the poll because we want to get this thing to blow up and become like the biggest thing on the internet, which I, I doubt will happen, but we can make a try. We can, fingers crossed, hope for it. Yep, you can also follow follow me on Twitter at mphillips331. That's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. And we're going we're to go with hashtag, we'll go with Mr. Broomhead as our hashtag. This is great. Except if he finds it. So I'm going to be so excited until he actually might find it. I, I mean, I doubt he's looking for a hashtag of himself, but his name is so iconic, we have to go with it. <laughs> Mr. Broomhead, shout out to Arlington High School if he's still their English teacher of the year. All right, English teacher of the year, Mr. Broomhead. That is this week's podcast in the books. Coming up next week, we're going to have a little college football talk, do some hard knocks as well in the pop culture bit and more. Until then, stay safe, everybody. This has been the Just End the Suffering Podcast. I'm out.